0: The scripture reading today is from Luke chapter 11, verses one through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we for ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me, the door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything, because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get him up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Good morning again. This sermon insert is not really a guide like Dr. Rennick has us use. This is a resource for you instead. So I put some helpful books in there and websites and a template to pray and also some scripture on the back. So I hope that you don't recycle it with the bulletin, but you would take it home and maybe stick it in your, stuck it in your Bible so that you can use this. In his book, Destiny, Pastor T.D. Jakes tells the story of an ice house and some sawdust and a missing watch. I don't know what an ice house is really, maybe you all can tell me, and I'm not sure how sawdust comes into play, but just go with me with this story. A man who owned an ice house lost a valuable watch amid the the sawdust inside. He made a thorough search of the building and he raked through the sawdust, but he didn't have any luck. His workers also looked and they were not able to find the watch. When the noon whistle blew, all the workers left the building to go eat lunch. But a helpful little boy who had been watching all this snuck into the building and he soon found the watch. Amazed, the owner asked him, how did you find it so quickly? And the little boy responded, it was simple. I opened the door, I lay down quietly in the sawdust, and I just kept very still until I heard the watch ticking. And then I followed the sound until I found it. This illustration demonstrates for us the power of quiet listening, of insight and persistence, and these same qualities help us when we pray. Please bow your heads with me. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the scripture passage from Luke that Weston read for us, we heard a less familiar account of the Lord's Prayer. Now, while Matthew's passage is something we know a little better, we will look at that actually in the sermon in a bit. I wanted to use Luke's passage as our springboard on prayer for a few reasons. One, it's unsettling because it's not as familiar to us. And therefore, it sort of grabs our attention in a new way. And two, the setting of the story gives us more insight into Jesus and his own prayer life. And we will find that both versions of the Lord's Prayer help our understanding. Luke in his Gospel highlights the importance of Jesus' prayer throughout the story of Jesus' life. We see that Jesus' prayer at his baptism, before he chooses the disciples, before his first prophecy of his upcoming suffering and death, We see jesus pray at the transfiguration and before his betrayal and arrest jesus places value on his connection with god so we shouldn't be surprised that jesus prayer life evokes a request from one of his own disciples for their own prayer from their rabbi at that time it was very typical for rabbis to teach their followers special prayers we see that john the baptist taught his own disciples a special prayer, and that was probably another reason why the disciples asked Jesus for their own prayer. None of this is unusual. But the first word that Jesus recites in this prayer is quite unusual. Jesus uses the Aramaic word Abba, which means daddy. That specific word form is never used in Jewish scriptures. So right at the get-go, Jesus is teaching his disciples to address God in a tone that's less formal and more cherished. Jesus is encouraging his disciples to have a relationship with God that is something they are not used to at all. Jesus then teaches his disciples, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come jesus invites his disciples and all who learn this prayer to glorify god and to seek god's will god's order rather than our own will in our lives jesus wants his disciples his followers to put god on the throne where god belongs and to take ourselves off god is god and we are not Give us this day our daily bread encourages the disciples to seek God for their daily needs. This was especially important because the disciples had a nomadic time of ministry. They were wandering around and there were times they had no idea where they were going to end up and when they would get their next meal. So this daily provision is important to them, but it goes beyond just practical needs. It includes spiritual needs. Our lives are not nomadic but we are to trust that God will provide what we need for us physically and also spiritually every single day. The next line in the prayer stresses being in right relationship with God and with others. Forgive our sins for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us. Here Jesus is teaching the disciples the importance of confession, repentance and forgiveness for a godly life. And finally, Jesus teaches his disciples and us to lean on God and lead us not into temptation. Jesus' followers need God's help to keep their eyes on the godly pursuits of life rather than the distractions that pull eyes away from God. This prayer is brief, but it challenges us to honor God To put god's will ahead of our own to seek god daily to maintain right relationship with god and our neighbors and to lean on god to deal with the difficulties that we encounter in life the principles of this prayer draw us and guide us into a deeper relationship with god these principles help us deepen our faith Now the next section of scripture about the parable of of a friend at midnight is only found in Luke and it's a very strange story. Who would show up at a friend's house at midnight asking for three breads of loaves of bread, for another friend who has shown up unexpectedly? The request is a headache. The door's already locked, the family's already asleep, and yet the friend will not go away. This friend is tenacious. Reluctantly, the friend gives in to the request because of that persistence. It's not necessarily out of the goodness of that friend's heart. Jesus does not use this parable to suggest that God only answers prayer because God's tired of us just bothering him all the time. Actually, this is a rabbinical teaching format that Jesus uses, and it highlights the doctrine of lesser to greater. If the unwilling friend finally agrees to provide three loaves of bread at midnight, how much more will a loving God who wants to meet the needs of his people respond enthusiastically? The final section of this scripture passage is again another case of lesser to greater. If earthly parents know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more wonderfully will God provide? Jesus teaches that Abba Father God desires to respond to our prayers and to provide more abundantly than we could even imagine. God will absolutely answer our need our desire our want let's turn briefly to the book of matthew it's chapter 6 verses 5 through 13 if you want to look ahead if not i'll just read it to you and whenever you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by others truly i tell you they have received their reward But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Matthew sets the teaching of the Lord's Prayer in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And here, the focus is on not praying where you can be seen and admired for your fancy words or your amazing righteousness. Matthew's emphasizing here that the practice of your faith is about your relationship with God. It's not done for the admiration of others. God wants your heart, not your performance. I love this especially for those of us who get a little embarrassed about praying out loud. God wants your heart. It really doesn't matter what words come out of your mouth. We are to praise God and honor God. We are to follow God's will and seek God's kingdom on earth before our own desires. We are to turn to God daily for our needs, and to be in right relationship with God and with others. We are to trust that God will stick with us and help us so that we keep our eyes on those things that are godly and not corrupting. Luke emphasizes that we're to think of God with great intimacy as our daddy. Luke also stresses that we are to bring our hopes, our needs, and our desires and expect that God will answer us. Matthew stresses that our prayers are not to be offered so that others will admire us, but rather God wants relationship with us and a healthy connection rather than beautiful words. So now that we have a fuller understanding of the text, and Matthew, I just threw that in as well, how do we apply these lessons to our lives? How do they fit into this sermon series that we've been looking at during the summer, Contours of Faith? I think prayer is crucial to deepening our faith. You wouldn't drive a car without filling it up with gas or charging the battery, right? Prayer is the practice that we use to restore ourselves, to fill us up, to equip us for what is ahead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't talk to God on a regular basis, we're only going to draw farther away from God, and even worse, we'll be doing life under our own power. That is the way of burnout, loss, and sometimes disaster. Jesus modeled the life of prayer. He taught us to seek intimacy with God regularly and to bring our requests to God with the expectation that God will hear and respond generously. Jesus also taught us to seek God's will and not our own. But to do that, we have to know what God's will is. And we learn it by reading scripture, by listening to biblical teaching, and by listening intently to God. Many years ago, even though I grew up in the church, and even though I have pastored in a lot of different churches, my faith wasn't as deep and as focused on God as it could have been or should have been. I didn't have an expansive prayer life, and while I thought I was being led by God, actually, I think I typically ended up doing what I thought was best. I didn't regularly seek God's way. But God, being the gracious and loving God, provided an avenue for me to grow my faith and it started simply on a morning walk. Let me set the stage for you. This particular morning was a really rough one. I was crying, I think sobbing. I was very upset and I needed God to show up for me. I needed to know that God loved me, God heard me, and that God would direct my path because I had no idea what my path was. As I walked through my neighborhood, all of a sudden, I started noticing cardinals. Tons and tons and tons of cardinals. They were in the bushes, they were in the trees, they were on the street in front of me. And as I kept walking, they would pick up and move ahead to walk further down the street, and then they would land. And they seemed to be directing my path. And I started to sense in my spirit that God had sent those cardinals for me. I have to tell you, this went on for months and months and months. Every day, God used the cardinals to show me that God was with me, that God loved me, and that God was directing my path. Every morning on my walk, I had a rich time of connection with God. Now, during that time, I was also involved uh, in some really good Bible studies and I was with a great group of women who were praying for me and encouraging me and God's scripture gradually tuned my heart and my spirit to God's still small voice. Because I learned to seek God's will through his word, through prayer, I became more like his son Jesus. I became more kind and more loving, and more joyful, more patient, and more faithful. Slowly, God stopped using the cardinals to announce his presence. And I'm sure that that was because God wanted me to rely on God and not his creation. Now, to this day, I have never encountered cardinals like I did in that season. But I still hear God's still small voice when I ask for direction and I seek God's will, and God regularly shows up for me to show me that he cares, he hears, and he directs. All these blessings came because of an active prayer life. And God used those dear miracle cardinals to get it all started. We can't become intimate with someone we barely talk to. Relationship takes time and interaction, sharing thoughts and dreams and hopes and frustrations. Prayer is a discipline, but it's also our connection to God. And the more we spend time with God in prayer, in scripture, the more we learn about God and who he is, and the more we become like His son Jesus. Prayer is a way to hear what God desires. If we don't ask, we won't know. This is a congregation who prays, who seeks God's will. I saw that firsthand when I interviewed with Dr. Rennick and Donna. Both of them made it very clear to me that they were seeking God's direction in whether or not to hire me. And I have to tell you that attitude that prayerful attitude confirmed for me that this is the place that i wanted to serve i have found the people in this congregation to be prayer focused you seek god you praise god you're receptive to me when i ask if we can pray about a health challenge you invite me to pray with you about difficult situations you're facing And every week we see in the bulletin that the Pastoral Nominating Committee covers prayers for their committee, for their work, for the candidates. The search for our new senior pastor is guided by God, and it's upheld by the power of the prayers of this body. But I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't tell you that there's always room for improvement. Please ask yourselves, are you spending quality time with God every day? Is your faith deepening, getting deepen, deepener, deepening, sorry? Or is it stagnant? If you're a parent, are you modeling prayer for your children? Do you have prayer as a family? Do you help bring your kids to God's face and pray with them over difficult things they're facing? What would you say, think that God would say about your prayer life if you asked God about it? Before I close, I wanna touch on two topics that cause impediments to a compelling prayer life. The first is not knowing what to pray. Sometimes an issue is so big and so overwhelming that we don't know what to say. In those circumstances, turn to the Holy Spirit In Romans, Paul writes, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with groanings too deep for words. It's okay if you sit before God and you don't say anything. Ask the Holy Spirit to pray for you. And again, just to remind you, God is more interested in our hearts turning to him than he is with the words out of our mouth don't let not knowing what to say stop you from reaching out to god i think the bigger impediment to a satisfying prayer life is unanswered prayer there are times that we ask but we don't see anything we don't see god in action we don't hear god in action it's almost as if we're praying to a stone wall when we seek god's direction or desire something important to us it's deafening the sound of nothing. In those moments, we wonder if God even cares about us or is even listening. I think it's hard to reconcile that reality with the assurance from God's perspective in Luke's gospel that God does want to answer and desire to give us good things. I don't have a fail safe response to this issue other than to trust that God will provide the answer in the right time. Sometimes our idea of when we need an answer and God's idea of when we need an answer are radically different. God wants us to depend on him, to grow in faith in him, and he will use unanswered prayer to call us into deeper relationship with him. I wanna thank someone, a deacon after the first service, they gave me another reason God sometimes gives us unanswered prayer, and it was out of the Garth Brooks song, Unanswered Prayer. If you know that country song, the theme is, sometimes we ask for something and God wants to give us something even better than we expected. So God doesn't respond to our prayer, but instead provides something even greater than what we've expected or asked for. A final reason that God doesn't answer our prayers is maybe we are not in right relationship with God or with another. God wants us to deal with our unconfessed sin. So before God responds to our petitions, we must address the areas of sin in our lives. We need to go back and right the wrong before God will respond to our prayers. Unanswered prayer is the prompt to look more deeply at our relationships and see if there is something there we need to deal with. Unanswered prayer is a vast topic But hopefully these suggestions are just enough to get you thinking about why there are times God might be silent. Prayer builds faith and deepens our relationship with God. We also know that we're to be persistent, to trust that God hears us and will provide what we need. And finally, God wants our hearts and not our performance. We don't have to sound amazing, we just need to be authentic. Do you remember the story from the beginning of this sermon? The young boy had success because he quieted himself and listened. You will find a deeper faith and a richer relationship with God when you quiet your heart and you listen to God's still small voice. God is calling you into deeper relationship and connection with him through prayer. How will you respond? Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you that you love us and care for us. We thank you that you've given us prayer to connect with your heart, to hear your voice and to turn to you Lord, speak into our hearts this week and help us to see areas where we may grow closer with you. We ask that you strengthen and nourish and encourage our prayer life with you. We thank you, Lord, through Jesus' name. Amen.